Welcome to the Michael You Podcast. We have a very special guest today, Dylan McCann. Hello, Dylan. Hello. How you doing today? I'm good. You know, um, Dylan and I go way back. We're part of the OGs. Very much so. <laughs> so Dylan, very OG. Yeah, so Dylan, Dylan's a realtor from our Open Realty office. Why don't you share a little bit about... Uh, uh, your story, Dylan. I feel like I should start by sharing the OG story. Yeah, Otherwise, sure. <laughs> people will be really okay. confused. OG's original gangster, yeah, by the way, yeah, for you obviously. uncool people. <laughs> Dylan might be the coolest person I know, but go ahead. <laughs> well, well, I guess, um, yeah, I'll start by explaining that. By OG, he means I've been here since, God, how long has it been? Six years? Yeah, six years. It was like six years ago when I remember a, f- a couple of my friends, so a couple of my, like, I guess it was, who was it? Robin Barden. Right. I think it was mostly Robin Barden because I was at McDonald Realty and I started in real estate seven years ago now. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's crazy. So it was like seven years ago and suddenly this brokerage, this little tiny brokerage (laughs) opens up and people were starting to move over there. And by people, I mean like five people. I was like, okay. But as soon as, um, as soon as Robin Barden moved over there, I was like, huh, this is the guy who was teaching me a lot in the beginning. Mm. I knew nothing. Like I really didn't know much. And he was extremely helpful. He was, um, giving me his open houses and showing me how to do all the things. And as soon as he left, I was stuck in this office in McDonald Realty and not to sound you know, negative or whatever. It was a great experience. But there's a lot of old people in Caresdale. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of old people there. So he left and I was like, okay, well, I want to look into this place. And he said, you should meet up with this Michael guy. And I right. was like, Michael, ooh. Like, <laughs> I've never heard of this guy, but I'll meet up with him. Right. And we met in this little tiny, this little coffee shop that I'd never been in on mm-hmm. Canby and yeah, 23rd. And it was like right below this little office space that he had rented out. And I hadn't seen the office space. Right. I had only gone to the coffee shop with mm-hmm. you. And we sat there and talked for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes or something like that. And I left feeling so, more inspired than I'd ever felt about my career. Oh, wow. And I remember you had this goal sheet and all these things. <laughs> and you're like, this is how I do it. And you were really keen on having these first 20 agents join that were going to be the seeds that were going to grow this big tree. And I remember mm-hmm. you explaining that to me. And I was like, I love trees. <laughs> but really, though, I, right. I like in all honesty, in that moment, I felt like this is somebody who I want to work with. Mm. And I felt incredibly inspired. And just to share a little personal story about that, too, I remember sitting with Michael and I remember I was sitting with you and um, I was saying that I nobody in my family had ever made more than $50,000 and you were like what's your goal and I'm like my Mm -hmm. goal is to make over $50,000 and I sat there like this seems really daunting to me I don't know Mm -hmm. if I can do it but I explained that the previous year I had actually achieved that Mm -hmm. but I didn't notice it because of all the expenses and all the you know, money that was taken for me in that. Right. So I remember you, me saying to you, I want to make, I'd like to make that money and feel it. Like I want to actually achieve that. I want to be the first woman in my family to do that. Right. And you were like, well, how about a hundred thousand? And I think I almost passed out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you had, you believed in me Mm -hmm. and yeah, that was kind of the, that wasn't the beginning of my real estate career, but it felt like the beginning of my successful real estate career. And so 
I left and I came to Opus Realty it was right. at that time. Yeah. I was probably like, I don't know, what number was I? I think like in the top 12, I think. Yeah, I think I was like <laughs> number 12 yeah. to join. And I've never looked back, you know, I, I've never looked back. So getting into this career in your kind of early 20s. and Yeah, so yeah. you started you started very young, Dylan. Yeah. So why don't you share a little bit about, um, you know, how it was like to start as a young realtor, like just getting just getting started. Yeah, it was. Because what, what age were you when you first became an agent? 23, I guess. 23, yeah. Yeah, I guess I was 23 and I, it was scary, you know, I didn't. I got into the industry not really ever being like, oh, okay, I really want to be a realtor. It wasn't like I all my life was stoked on being one. There right. was actually a pretty big negative connotation about being a realtor in my family. Okay. My grandmother was not, she's not really, she doesn't like salespeople at all. Right, yeah, I remember she's, you mentioning that. Yeah, she's the type who would be like for sale by owner or something. Right. Yeah. Um, but I got into it actually because an ex-boyfriend of mine, that's, that makes me sound like I have a lot of ex-boyfriends, <laughs> no, one of my exes, um, right. he had, he suggested it to me actually. Okay. Because I had gotten sick. I was sick for months. I was working at the bank in Montreal and mm. I went on a stress leave because of this bad sickness that I had. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was, I was the top in sales mm-hmm. in my position in, right. in, at the bank and, um, I remember I went, they, they like kind of forced me to go on medical leave mm-hmm. and it was right before fiscal end and I got, I was, I was online to get like an $8,000 bonus, right. which is massive when you're making like a yeah. $30,000 salary. Yeah. Um, and it was right before fiscal end, so they didn't give it to oh. me. Oh. Yeah. Wow, okay. And so I was sick and at home and uh, I really, he was like, you need to work for yourself. Like yeah. he really inspired me. I'm like, okay, but I don't really have enough money to like start a big business or anything. Right. And he recommended real estate. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, oh, I had had an experience with a realtor before that that was really negative. Okay. And what was that I was experience? actually, oh, interesting. I was probably like 20 and I had saved a pretty good chunk of, of money at that yeah, point. 20 year old already? Well, like. <laughs> enough money to put down a bit of money to buy a place and you have to remember that this was like you know 10 years ago and there were there was the possibility of buying a place for under 200 grand still yeah there was a studio i went to go see and this realtor showed me around and he was super inappropriate he was like forcing me to buy the place and (laughs) then he was like touching my thigh and being like i'd love to take you home to my dad what that was bizarre so in that moment, I was like, ah. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to hold off on buying a property. Right. It was weird. Okay. So that's kind of, those things were going through my like, mind yeah. when I was talking to like my ex about this. Right. And he was like, well, yeah, you can do way better than that. Yeah. And I was like, I would make a good, you know, I knew I've always wanted to have my own business. Like since right. I was a kid, I would... Mm-hmm pretend that I was a, um, had my little store. I'd right. be by myself in the basement <laughs> with a little yeah. fake cash register and like pennies and pretend people were coming through my store. And I just, I loved pretending that I was the boss of right. my little, you know, my little store. So yeah, he's the one who motivated me to move forward in real estate. And, um, I literally came into it not knowing what a notary was, not right. knowing what anything. Nobody yeah. in my family had owned a property, but I was really passionate about it. And I've always loved homes too. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love just like 
checking out other people's houses. <laughs> snooping through other people's Just homes, yeah. snooping. Like, How do you live? I'm so curious. Right. Usually it makes me feel bad about myself because yeah. I'm like, you guys are so dialed. Yeah. All I have is a couch. Um, right. But yeah, so he really motivated me and gave me the encouragement and then I signed up for the course. You know, I did it in like three months. Oh yeah? And wow, quick. And yeah, I nerded out pretty hard. Right. And then, yeah, and from there I was, I was, it was like, I just hit the ground running. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. This feels good being in control of kind of your yeah. own thing. You know, sometimes it's funny because I know, well, uh, another side note. So Dylan's really into uh, yoga and, yeah. and really uh, we are, we have a lot of uh, really great philosophical conversations <laughs> about things. Um, you know, uh, do you believe in things like having like meant to be and kind of? Yeah. 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 That's like my motto. I'm like, right. everything happens for a reason. Even yeah. the bad stuff. Like right. not just... You know, like, yeah, well, even the bad stuff with, I got sick and it forced me out of a job. And then I found this career that was way more fitting for me. Right. And just having the courage to pursue something that somebody else saw in me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm internally grateful for even that suggestion because I wouldn't be in this career if it wasn't for that. So I do feel like everything, everything really happens in its perfect timing. Right. And... Yeah. Well, I think it's how we react to certain things, right? So, yeah. like, you know, Dylan, obviously in her story, she, um, you know, gets this terrible news about getting uh, laid off before, well, not laid off, put on sick leave before yeah. fiscal end. So she loses her bonus. And instead of sulking and going back and going into like a spiral of depression, she uses that as like fuel to start her own business, yeah. right? Which is a pretty amazing story. And a lot of people, they don't do that. They go back to the bank or they do something else. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of, but I'd love to hear a little bit more because you mentioned that when you were a kid in the basement, you kind of imagined and pretended that you had your own business. Yeah. What was your upbringing like? Oh, that's a story. Well, I think that actually ties into my need for being my own boss and stuff too. Okay. And that's something I've realized now, like getting into my thirties, looking back, you start to reflect, I think. Right. Um, so my childhood was, it was one of not much control. Like everything was out of control. There was not much security. So So my parents were addicts. My mom was an alcoholic. I grew up with my mom and my stepdad. So my mom left my biological father when I was about a year and a half old. So I never really got to meet him. Hmm. And then I was raised by her and my stepdad. He was basically there since like right after that okay probably around two years old i don't know i don't remember um but they were both alcoholics and drug addicts and Mm. so there was never any consistency there was no security you know you never knew what you were going to get in that situation yeah it was very unpredictable yeah so there was a lot of me kind of having to be in control of my own things from an early early age so being in that home I, i can remember um things like you know, one day my mom would be so loving and caring and then the next day she was just sleeping all day or mm-hmm. completely a different human, angry. My dad had a lot of anger. My mom had a lot more of like hiding away. Right. Um, and just forgetting. Just present. Yeah. yeah, like forgetting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We were forgotten at school. I have a brother, an older brother. Right. We were forgotten at school a lot. Yeah. Till like, I'm talking to elementary school when you're off at three and yeah. she would be like 5.30 and we'd be still like pacing around the school. Yeah. Like, so you were those uh, kids. Yeah. yeah. And but we learned from a really young age to protect and to be our independent. Parents. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was a thing. Like my dad was very threatening, and so he would mm. say, you know, don't tell anybody because social services obviously like tried to come get us. Um, but you know, we would protect in a lot of ways 
my mom. Um, so people would come up to us and be like, well, is she coming? Like, where is she? And we're like, oh no, she's here. Like, or we can see her car or we know she'll be here. And because everyone was leaving school at that time, of course, like right. even the receptionists and the janitors, I got to know the janitor pretty well, you know, right. like that kind of stuff. But we did. I learned how to be independent as well from a really young age because mm-hmm. you just, you ha- like I had to. And I think that's actually in turn, like you were saying, everything happens for a reason. I believe that because I'm actually very grateful for a lot of what has happened in the past because of how strong it's made me now. Right. You know, it's, it's a... A lot of people talk about struggles in their past as something that's, oh, woe was me, like that victim mentality. Right. But to me, I'm like, well, if I can survive with that, then I can survive, you know, then I'm just, everything else is thriving. Yeah. And I always know in the back of my mind that if I lost everything, I wouldn't lose everything. Like, mm-hmm. I know how to survive with, without it all. Yeah. Right? How do you think that steered you, you know, kind of as a as a kid and, and how does that affect you now? Um, you just mean like having parents who are, yeah. who are inconsistent and addicts? I think it, for a long time as a kid, I didn't trust anybody. Okay. So through just like elementary school and high school and everything like that, I just really struggled trusting people on the outside because I knew, I kind of felt like the only person I could trust was myself. Right. So during that time, because you know, I tr- obviously tried to trust my parents so much and put so much dependence. Like I was a dependent, mm-hmm. but my parents weren't dependable. Mm-hmm. So because of that right. inconsistency, I kind of correlated that with friends as well. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, well, they're just gonna abandon me too, or they're just gonna, you know, um, switch up and and disappear or something. Right. So. I yeah, I really kept friendships at arm's length. I really didn't open up mm-hmm. to people, and yeah, I was too. I was just too afraid to do that because yeah. I thought that they would just show their true colors later and tear me apart. Because that's what would happen when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Um. But that really shifted. You touched on the yoga thing. That's what shifted everything for me. Yeah. You know, I started. I know yoga. how meaningful it is to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's meaningful, and it wasn't at first, you know, right. like sitting in it, oh, I didn't want to sit still, right. I didn't want to sit with my thoughts, God, no way, like that's mm-hmm. terrifying, um, but over time you kind of start to learn to, to watch those things and go, wait, hang on, am I projecting my past onto other people, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I've been doing yoga for a pretty long time now, probably 10 or 15 years, Yeah. and um, yeah, it just it's the realizations that you have when you really sit with your thoughts and watch them is game changing. Mm-hmm. And that's what changed and made like such, now I have my, I've built my own family through friendships and those are the people I trust most. Right. So yeah. How's your relationship with the family and the parents now? Now it's good. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's an ever changing thing. Like right. It's an ever growing thing. I would say, um, my mom is sober. She's been sober for 10 years, which awesome. is like good for her. And she's 60. And I feel like it's so interesting to look at her because I felt like I had to be an adult from a very young yeah. age. Yeah. And I almost felt like the parent in a lot of ways. Right. So now that she's been sober for 10 years and she's been drinking since she was a teenager, mm-hmm. it's kind of like she's going through her 20s. It's right. really interesting to witness because she went through, you know, focusing only on sobriety and then finding a good job 
and not being a good job and then finding a new good job and now right. she's really kind of felt found her calling she's still toying with that and um and then now she's gotten into sort of meditation and yoga mm-hmm. and she's having these realizations so i'm like i've been there <laughs> right. i did that like 10 years ago yeah you're going through your 20s she's like gotten piercings and dyed her hair <laughs> right i'm like oh yeah. this is adorable um and my relationship with her it's yeah it's one that's ever growing yeah you know it's far from perfect i feel like any i mean i can't speak to mother-son relationships but mother-daughter relationships for sure you got your struggles yeah um and i love her dearly but yeah there's been times over the years where i've just taken breaks Mm -hmm. like okay we're done we're done here right for like a year um but i do i'm at a i'm in a position now where i want her in my life but it's you got to set your boundaries. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah? Yeah. Well, especially, you know, when you... I think, you know, it's so nice that you're... You know, it's so awesome that you're being so open and transparent about, about that. And I think because, you know, a lot of these things could be, you know, these traumas can actually be taken and, you know, it can, you know, like we were talking about, like create a downward spiral and, spiral and so on. Yeah. And, you know, have them manifest in a lot of different ways, you know, especially, um, are you a believer in like nature versus nurture? Do you think like one kind of is superior to the other or subverts the other? Ooh, Did, elaborate you know? on that. So like, you know, there's how, so there's your genetics, right? So yeah. there's Dylan McCanch, the DNA of Dylan McCanch, her mom or dad, yeah. where all the predilections are and all the rest of it. Yeah. So you're coming from... Um, you know, uh, th- there's there's those genetic aspects, and then it's how you're brought up, yeah. And the nurture aspects of like, okay, this is how you're brought up, uh, how you're reared, kind of like mm-hmm. you know, um, like an, like any kind of human being is reared a certain way, and that kind of shifts you in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's like a, kind of a, a philosophy of like, okay, is is your future, your destiny, more attributed to your genetics or more attributed to your upbringing? Yeah. And, you know, looking at those things, it actually shines some light into your character and, and why you choose certain decisions, you know, and like the fact of, you know, coming like my family has some of those addictive personalities. Oh, themselves. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it like alcohol or? Yeah. My dad was very much into drugs and alcohol. Oh, too. wow. And I didn't yeah, know it was that. very uh, traumatized. Well, he died at 49. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Yeah. He died very, very young. Yeah. And, you know, just in the same light, you know, we go through a different trajectory and hopefully it's a positive one that, that helps people versus, you know, a negative one that, that hurts people, right? Yeah. And so, you know, luckily you have the consciousness to be able to do that through yoga. Yeah, uh, I mean, is, it took a long time though. I'm sure yeah. you could relate to that too, where if you have a parent who's an addict and you're young, like you don't really know any different. So, you know, I just think, you compare yourself sometimes to other kids and you're like, oh, well, how come they all sit at the family table every right. single night? And how come they go to Disneyland and all these things? And you're like, well, yeah. I don't understand. And Do you find yourself comparing with others a lot? Not now, no. Not when now. I was Did a you kid, do that a lot? Oh, yeah. my God. When I was a kid, absolutely. I'd go over to my parents' or my friends' places and I'd see their parents making these beautiful clean dinners yeah and, and having them and, yeah, <laughs> I know and the grandma bakes the cookies and like everybody's there at the dinner table every mm. night um and I can remember I actually just had a conversation with my mom about this right. earlier today I can remember times where uh you know I'd come home from these places and I'd be like wow it was so nice and 
their house was so cool and then she made this amazing dinner and my mom would respond and say, well, why don't you just go live with them then? Well, if she's the best mom ever, why don't you just go be with them then? Wow. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I don't, I didn't really like, I kind of wanted the reaction to be more like, oh, tell me more about that. Right. But there was such a threat to her because I'm sure she was aware she was comparing herself mm-hmm. and aware of her kind of downfalls. Did that, do you think that, you know, when you have that, those types of things, do you think that made you a bit more secretive? Uh, for a while, yeah. but not really, because no? okay. I've, I'm like a Leo. I'm pretty, <laughs> right. I was the stubborn kid, so just okay. give you a little more, like my brother was the guy who, he was a year and a half, he is a year and a half older than me. Right. Um, he was the guy who would like go hide in the basement. Yeah. He would just hide. He'd like seclude, go away when there was like big arguments and fights and stuff like that. I was the little asshole who would grab her two liter of cider and pour it down the sink <laughs> and be like, this makes you crash the car. So fuck this. And I'd pour right. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, no, you can swear. <laughs> and, uh, we can go gangster here. Right? <laughs> you are an OG. I am an OG. I'm obviously right. an OG. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be the one who would pour all her alcohol out. Yeah. I, w- I knew where they stashed the cigarettes and the weed. I would flush it. I, I right. smoked some of them sometimes. <laughs> when I was like 12, I'm like, why not? Well, um, but I was the stubborn one. Like a one. sheen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, Tiger blood. <laughs> so. Oh my god. That, yeah. I was. Good. I was the rebel. Yeah, you were the rebel. Sure. I yeah. was the rebel. I would witness what I didn't. I just saw things yeah. that I was like, maybe I can fix this. So, what type of kid were you like in school then during during high school? <laughs> High school. Yeah. Ooh, let's get into high school. Um, I was awful. No, I I think it's interesting because I just didn't know who I was. And okay. I think that's – I feel like that's common in high school for people, but I just was changing to whatever group I wanted to – So you're a bit like, of a oh, chameleon. Yeah, like I really wanted to just fit in somewhere. Okay. And if somebody kind of shamed me for something, then I would just change that. So if someone was like, oh, you're loud or something, I would be quiet. Right. Um, if I was wearing something and it was judged, then I would change that. And so I became kind of like a punk. I had okay. like 20-something piercings. Wow. I dyed my hair black. I loved to just wear all black and be super gothic and whatever. Right, emo? Total emo. Right. Um, yeah, and I kind of connected with a crew who fully accepted me as I was with all my issues and mm-hmm. whatever, and that I didn't have my, like, clique of girlfriends and stuff. Um, and that came really a lot later in life for me. I had a lot of guy friends and just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I was kind of like a chameleon, and I sort right. of went from one group to another. Um, but, yeah, I just... That was kind of... High school was just awful. Like, I feel like I just... I didn't... I didn't fit in anywhere. Yeah. I feel like that's like the cliche story, right. but it's true. I didn't fit in anywhere. And then it was in grade 10 when I started dabbling with like smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some, I, I smoked some weed on Halloween in grade 10 right. at lunch hour. And I, it was laced with something. Like mm. we still, they found little traces of like speed and stuff. And oh, I ended wow. up in the hospital. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I smoked it. And then I walked back to the, School and it was like I was tripping. I could see myself from like a bird's eye view. So you had, okay. It was something was in there, right. and I went back 
to the school and I ended up in the counselor's office because I was trying to unlock my locker and I remember the halls were filled and then a second later they were empty and I'm like, how long have I been here? Right. And I started panicking and I went and got some Five Alive from the vending machine because right. apparently vitamin C is yeah. supposed <laughs> to didn't, didn't Yourself, work. Yeah. I was like, I'll just drink this. Five It'll Alive. Stop. Did, did, did not work. Did not work. Okay. So I went to my counselor's office and he was sitting there with someone, like with another student. Right. And I went in and just sat in with them. And he's like, you can't. I was like, I'm dying. Yeah. I, I think he saw me and was like, oh God. So he brought me to the nurse's office. Um, you know, fast forward, I was in the hospital for that whole day. And that was my onset of anxiety. So mm. I ended up with really bad anxiety after from that. that. From that those... day, like triggered. I mean, I had anxiety before that, but I wasn't aware of what it was. Okay. That day was like, I had a panic attack. And I, because what happened was I had this reaction, but then future, like fast forward after that, I started just getting random panic attacks. Really? And, yeah. You think it was something chemical in the in the substance, or was it something yeah. that was already dormant that just was kind of? I think it was something already dormant, and it right. was just triggered. It's apparently really common that um, like drugs can, you know, set off some sort of mental illness or something. And yeah. I yeah, I just started getting panic attacks, and so I ended up actually agoraphobic, which if you don't know what that is, it means you're scared of leaving the house, basically. Mm. So, because of a few times after that leaving, I'd get panic attacks. I was like, I'm just not leaving the house anymore. Wow. So, I didn't leave the house for about four months. And I dropped out of high school. Wow. And, um, and I started to do, like, they did kind of an alternative program for me. So, I could go yeah. in sometimes. Started seeing counselors and none of them really helped. Mm. I finally found one that helped. And she was incredible. Um, and she, the reason why she helped is because she was the only counselor who, when I sat, went into the room and my mom came in with me, she said, you can leave the room to my mom. I'm here to see Dylan. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, she gets it. Mm-hmm. It's my mom. It's not right. like you can't see both of us together and get my mom to help me. Yeah. Like, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. You needed. No, I needed to, be seen, as a, yeah. I needed to be seen as an individual. individual. Right. Yeah. So she did that, and I ended up gradually getting out of the house, and it was amazing uh, to really start getting that strength, because then I started getting bad anxiety going home. So I actually moved out when I was, mm. right before I turned 16. Wow. Yeah, and I got a full-time job. I was working um, at Bosley's Pet Food in Carisdale. Okay. Oh, the one on 41st. Yeah, 41st in Collingwood. That- <laughs> oh, not that was it? That was it? Okay. This was a I, long time Because okay, that's my pet food store. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, not the one that I regularly visit. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't remember who okay, owned it at that yeah, time. Okay. Yeah. You worked at Bosley's, yeah? Yeah, I worked at Bosley's. I was making like eight bucks an hour. Right. And I moved into this tiny little studio apartment um, in East Van. And I brought my cat with me. And I uh, went to school at night. Like I did distance education. Right. So I did self-paced. And I finished high school early and, and then just kind of worked my way up from there, working and doing college at night. So you were so. like, so Bosley's and where, where else were you? Oh my God, Lord Co. <laughs> Lord Co. So yeah, were you driving a, for Lord Co? I was a delivery oh, so you were driver. delivery guy, yeah, yeah, okay. I was a delivery guy and then I worked and then from Lord Co. I was scouted. I was so <laughs> scouted by this, yeah, school, right. this company yeah. and I became a truck driver for like four years after that for a glass company. So, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, because they really liked me, and I was, like, the only... There was one other female that worked there, um, and so it was just, like, this guys club, basically, Right. and I loved it because 
you know, you're driving, you're yeah. driving these big sheets of flat glass and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's the work, I didn't take it home with me. Yeah. So I could study at night. Right. Um, and I worked nights sometimes at this tanning salon mm-hmm. that ended up being really sketchy, but <laughs> I worked there, um, in the evenings. Really <laughs> sketchy place. But yeah, so I worked there and I did um, college. <laughs> That's hilarious. True story. True story. Yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah I worked. I, I did I did like uh, business and everything through Langara and then went to UBC and that's when I then went to B- yeah. I was working for the bank and uh, yeah and that's kind of where that went from there. So you went to Langara and then you went to UBC. What did you study in school? I studied business and psychology. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with psychology. I really, yeah. really wanted to do that and studied nutrition a lot. Nutrition's like my little hobby passion. Okay. I studied that on the what side. What are your beliefs about nutrition? Um, I believe that, like my biggest belief is all these diets that come out, like keto and all that, right. they're scams. Okay. <laughs> sorry right. if you're yeah. on that diet and no. everybody on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually like that. not sorry. Okay. Um, but I, I believe that like food is your kind of heal all. Like if right. you nourish yourself and your body, and not just food, like obviously food and mind, yoga and everything mm-hmm. like that, but um, I, think, I think balance is probably the biggest thing I would say about food. But I do think that a vast majority of people are putting things into their system that are doing more harm than good. Um, but it, I could go on about nutrition for friggin' years because yeah. when I was sick, it was a stomach infection okay. um, that, was, that came from doctors prescribing me too many antibiotics. Mm. And so that's what really fired it up in me to be like, I need to learn more about health because right. I need to be my own doctor. And so I've actually learned how to cure most things just from natural things. Right. Um, so I just think, yeah, food is, food is power, but it's also like pleasure. You know, I yeah. love every weekend looking forward to going out for dinner. That's a right. thing that Nick and I do and my yeah. friend and I. Um, we always go out for dinners on the weekend. Right. And I don't believe in like restricting certain things or whatever. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's some, I'm not going to go to like McDonald's, but right. if you... If you want it once in a yeah. while, why not? <laughs> right. But for me, I love, yeah, I love it all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, well, my girlfriend Pri is really getting, well, she's going to school for holistic nutrition, uh, which is. Uh, Where is she going? She's, she's going, going, CS- going on Canby. CSNM. Yeah. 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 So. I really want to do that too. That's cool. Oh, she's Good learning. Yeah. She's learning so many things. And it, it's interesting because you mentioned a stomach infection or something like that. Yeah. So this is like, I don't know if it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo or not but you know when Priya's saying it to me it sounds very convincing it sounds it feels true so when something feels true it maybe it has some validity so um she talked about you know digestion being kind of like the third like a like almost like a form of intelligence like you know you you, you know they say oh you read your gut intuition your gut Absolutely. instinct and if you're not uh, like there's a million bacteria or a bazillion bacteria in your... There's in definitely your, a bazillion. Yeah. That's the actual term for it. Yeah. A quadrillion. <laughs> a quadrillion. <laughs> in, in, your, in your like... And it's kind of... They, there's like a, this bacteria and something that are kind of like sensing you in certain ways. Yeah. And that like it's a lot of... It's second brain. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the second yeah. brain. And so she's talking about like, you know, making sure that that's really taken care of properly. and. Cool. You know, with, you know, really diverse um, types of plants to eat and stuff like that seasonally and so on and so forth. So she's oh. super into that. And that stuff changes yeah. so much too. Oh, so yeah. 
I mean, the, the gut is the only organ, a lot of people don't know this, but the gut's the only organ that if you were, like, severed the connection between your gut and your brain, right. it will still move. Like, you have brain oh, really? cells in your gut line. Oh, wow. So it'll continue okay. to function. Right. All the other ones are like, they don't do that, yeah. you know? So there is an actual, like, gut feeling you get is a real thing. Right. And they've, yeah, they've gone into detail about how much your gut has to do with... I mean, it's the same as anything you consume. Right. People think, oh, you know, they consume something and it's it's trash food or whatever, processed, something really badly processed, and they feel awful, feel maybe depressed or feel down yeah. from it. Like, it's not just the fact that you're thinking about the fact you ate trash. Like, it's actually producing new cells that aren't as good and yeah. not feeling well. Right. Um, I just read something about the liver in this, too, which is really interesting because a lot of people are now saying that the liver is actually like the second brain okay and random fact don't know if this is true but i think it's really <laughs> sure. interesting yeah we're gonna say think it's fact yeah, yeah. it's total fact <laughs> i know everything right um but it's really interesting about the liver that they were saying because that's like your filtration system like everything right. yeah, goes to your right. liver and they were talking about like if you were at a funeral let's say and you had like a ham sandwich or you mm -hmm. ate something at that funeral and you were feeling really sad when you ate it if you're randomly having a great day or whatever and you ate that same food, have that yeah. sandwich, and you're suddenly like, why do I feel so sad? Oh. There's a memory center in your liver right. that can That's... bring up that same mental state. Hmm. So people think, oh, it's just your brain. Right. But it's not. Like all these people who are eating yeah. healthy, like when I eat healthy, I feel so good. It's not just that you feel good about yourself, you're eating healthy. It's yeah. actually what it's doing to your body. There's like a neural programming. There's a, you know, obviously there's association, you know, um, you know, obviously Dylan is into psychology, so mm -hmm. like, um, you know, there's a couple different types of, you know, there's um, like neural uh, links between, you know, um, everything. So basically, you know, when you're eating something, you like, just like, that's why everyone, uh, like everyone wants to eat a muffin because it's associated with birthday cake. Because birth you get a cake on your birthday, you feel special, you feel like warm, yeah. everyone's staring at you, you're warming, blowing out candles, and then you want a muffin every day. Yeah. Because, and you eat the muffin, you feel better because you, you had birthday cake. Totally. And, you know, it's basically cake, you know, a muffin is cake, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and a variety of other things, and there's these neural associations, food and mood and your psychology, and, you know, there's a lot of different other types of uh, neurological links, like... Tony Robbins is really into um, something called neuro-linguistic programming. Okay. So it's how you talk to yourself. So even though, um, so, you know, Dylan and I are having a very fascinating conversation. Right now. This, is, <laughs> this might be an all-time great pod. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's how you communicate with yourself, you know. So yeah. basically, you know, before you go into, like you were, you were saying in high school, you were going through these groups and, and you get this... Um, you know, this um, stimulus, which is, I don't like what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. So you tell yourself in your brain, I'm ugly, mm -hmm. I, my, nothing fits me right, like, I am ashamed of my body, yeah. so and I need to change, and I clearly am not going to be accepted. And, and th so these, these are the things that are kind of coming uh, through in your mind. That, like, negative self-talk, yeah. Yeah, a lot of negative self-talk, and really removing that, um, because I had really big issues with that growing yeah. up. Really, really big issues. Um, just negative self-talk? Yeah, negative self-talk, you know, not thinking um, I was worthy of getting good things. 
um, being very terrified all the time, you know. Really? Yeah. You know? Such a boss now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You Where know? do you think that came from, though? Now I'm curious. Where, Where do you think that came from? Where you were, like, always thinking you're not worthy? Well, you know, I, I've struggled by being, um, you know, I got bullied a lot, you know, not only in school, but, um, you know, my dad was pretty um, authoritarian in, a, you know, using physical... Um, I'm fi- I'm a bit physically terrified, you know, mm. in, in a lot of ways. And it's yeah. funny. It is a funny story. So there's my worst bully experience. So there was this guy that just... Ter- I feel like this isn't a funny story, Michael. Like, no, it is a funny okay, story. Okay, okay, <laughs> in, in a weird way. But okay. like, okay, so there's this, um, there's this guy in high school who terrorized me. He would make fun of me in front of everyone he would throw things at me he would make me very much lesser than and he just kind of followed me all through high school if he saw me in the street he would force me to like if I had a dollar he'd be like buy me a candy bar and he'd like walk I want to see you walking there and buying it for me and walk back and hand it to me unwrap it for me like, wow. and I was like, like and, movie style. Yeah, it was like pretty wow. savage. And like, he's huh. like, I'm going to take your jacket. And I was like, my mom just bought me this jacket. He can't do that. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill you tomorrow unless you give me that jacket. Wow. And I'm like, so like lots of really, you know, it's pretty movie style, I suppose. And I was, you know, um, not, I'm not a fighting person. I've never been in a fight. Yeah. Um, I've never, I'm not a confrontational person, so I just kind of, um, you know, just absorbed, <laughs> Yeah. absorbed, yeah. and, you know, and that, that was like, you know, that was how I, you know, how I existed for a long, long time, Yeah. and so fast forward through a lot of, you know, counseling, like self-reflection, yeah. um, you know, I... Tony, like, I read every self-help book under the sun. <laughs> yeah, it's so helpful, too, though. Like, every um, little... You, I feel yeah. like you pick up, like, one piece from each one. Right. And, and then you go through stages in your life. It's funny. Yeah. I think when you're young, you're just so impressionable. Your mind is so moldable. Totally. Right? Like, you know, you obviously... Like, you know, in your story, just, like, all this molding, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's so malleable. Yeah. You could be, like, you're, you could be, like, anything. It was so, like, you know... Yeah. You're, there's no... Your, everything was so, um, uh, you know, so uh, flexible in a yes. sense. So, yeah. yeah, so picking that stuff up, I basically got really seriously positively brainwashed with all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so that led me to, you know, just the other day, actually, I haven't seen him in 20 years probably. Really? But I saw the guy that used to bully me in high school at a bar and he made eye contact with me and immediately... I was terrified again. I was really? just terrified. Wow. And I, actually, I ran away. I what? ran out of the bar. But it's funny because as I was looking back, I saw him standing up and he was like five foot two. <laughs> like he, oh my God. He's a very small guy. Yeah. And he's, you know, but you were terrified of that. I was terrified yeah. of him. Wow. And he bullied me, but he was so small. Yeah. And I'm like, so it's not even about... No, I but see I always mean, saw yeah. him as like this giant guy that was stronger than me, better than me. That's like, always the way it turns out, though. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how the universe works, how things just shift around. Yeah, and yeah, I mean the bullying. I I think the whole rebel thing really started to work for me with the bullying because right. people would come up and bully me and make up stories that were 
awful for 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 high school at that time. Yeah. Awful. Like coming right. up to me and saying I was gay and that I would hide in the shower rooms to look at the girls. Wow. And that was like devastating. Now you couldn't do that. Now everyone would yeah, like everyone's shame more, the person. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I, was, yeah. how I dealt with that when I started rebelling is I just started telling people I was gay. I was like, you're right, I am a lesbian. And then they stopped because they mm. had nothing to resist right. from. But it's interesting how, I just think it's interesting how things turn around. Yeah. But it's, I also find it really interesting that you were your initial response was fear still now. Yeah, you know what? And it's, it's weird. It was, I was terrified. I ran. And, wow. You know, because, you know, I think I would love to think that, you know, you... It's, it's weird. I was talking to another uh, friend about just, like, you know, these, these guttural responses and, and just, like, this is just, you know, and, and just being okay with it. And I was yeah. okay with it. I admit... Um, I'm not a brave person and I wish I was brave. I wish I was a hero and I was brave and all this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, you know, I, maybe one day, maybe we I'll can't go, all be heroes. Yeah. We can't all be heroes. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah. this is kind of a tangent, but this was a realization I had about my relationship right now because right. I've been with Nick for almost four years. Yeah. You've been with him for a while. Yeah. yeah. And I'm more, with Nick. yeah, so it seems like a very, his Feelings are like my feeling is that he's a good person. He's the best person. Yeah. Like he's literally the best, and this kind of ties into what we're talking about, where you know we can't all be heroes, we can't all be business owners, we can't all be leaders, and we were having some issues and like kind of having a bit of a disconnect because I am the type of person who schedules things and I'm organized. Right. I don't procrastinate. I get things done. Yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> and Nick's the type of guy who's super chill procrastinates Very doesn't he back. doesn't remember things like he'll right. just be like yeah i'm gonna do that and then like five years later he'll be like oh yeah i'm still gonna do that and i'm like cool <laughs> so that was right. causing issues and i'd be like what do you want though because i don't want to be in control of your life like you've got to be able to say to me no or what do you want and sometimes the arguments were like what do you want for dinner and he's like mm. i don't know and i listened to this podcast actually right. And this lady was talking about different archetypes and how there's different people who have different archetypes and she used the exact example of herself and her husband and she was talking about how she's got this like leader archetype and her husband's this obliger mm. and he like he feeds off of needing to be told what to do mm. he loves having guidance so he works in a job where he's got a boss mm -hmm. who says like do this do that and gives him all his direction and he loves that like right. that's what works for him right and for me i'm like absolutely yeah. not but nick works in film and the director's always it's like i want this shot yeah. do that do this right. he loves it and as soon as i had this conversation with nick i was like how would it feel if i didn't like force you to make decisions and i was just like yeah just let me know when you don't because he's happy to tell me when he doesn't want to do something he's right like, god damn i don't want to hike this i'm like that's <laughs> cool no problem um he felt this like huge sense of relief mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god this whole time we didn't even have an issue like right. uh, I'm not being bossy and you're not being lazy this just works like yin and yang perfectly yeah. together where 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It just kind of like works that way. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever done any personality testing or anything like yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. I like. I've done the Myers Briggs one. Right. Definitely. Do you know what you are? Do yeah, you I'm an INFJ. INFJ, which is the, the most rare. <laughs> it's the most rare, and it's the serial killer, like Hitler one. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, the one that's is like. It? It's the one that is the most rare. Yeah. And it is the one that like huge leaders have but also like authoritarian leaders i'm pretty sure of, hitler is yeah i think INFJ. hitler was infj oh, shit. so like i believe so because i've really got into myers-briggs yeah i'm an what are enfj you? Oh, so, oh my god one of yeah, my best friends so, is an enfj yeah, so yeah oh, that's me no <laughs> not you me. sorry yeah. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> i'm just kidding uh yeah so like yeah, so, you know, I think it's good. So this self-discovery is really good. And actually, you know, most of the people that listen to a pod are business people. And yeah. something that I thought of before the pod, before sitting down with Dylan, is if there's something about authenticity in a business, mm-hmm. I think Dylan, like, hits a, t- a score of 10 out of 10. Oh, being thank you. Completely authentic, authentic and also very truthful in her business. Now, I want you to, if hopefully you can, like, impart some wisdom to our... Uh, you know, to our prime listeners about, <laughs> about, you know, kind of how you started your business and like, like how it was built in, in your, in your way with the inputs and, and everything that you, that you've done. Sorry to, yeah, no, I hear you. Here. I feel like it's, um, you kind of said it right there though. It was that authentic and the truth, like from the beginning, if we were to piece everything together because of my past, um, I became that leader. I became very able to control my own situations. And I also learned to really not honor how my parents were, which was very dishonest mm-hmm. and inauthentic manipulation. So I always strive to be the opposite of that. Right. So honesty is everything to me. Mm-hmm. Like to a fault, I'm known to be the, that blunt friend because I'm so straight up and honest right. and I think authenticity it's the only way to live because otherwise the, you can't you can't truly connect with people because yeah. they're not getting to know the actual true you right um, and with regards to my business I think that that's done wonders for me because people can tell and I attract a different clientele than I think a yeah. lot of other people do I remember a couple of years ago a few years ago you and I sat down and you said that to me. You're like, I think you're the only person whose business is literally only directly correlated to their social life. Mm-hmm. I don't market. Like, I've never, I don't send mail outs. I don't have an right. email blast. I don't do any of those things. What's authentic to me is meeting people and talking to them. Mm-hmm. And real estate just sometimes comes up. And it's, it is odd because I just feel like every day I'm just doing what I love doing, which is talking to people, connecting, right. going for walks, getting coffee, going for yoga with people. And eventually they buy homes mm-hmm. and they trust me and they want to work with me. And that's kind of my business model. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's like, how, is your, how do you increase business? I just see more people and talk right. to them and authentically... Never, I never go to them and I'm like, are you thinking about buying a home? Right. I'm like, how's your life? Let's talk mm-hmm. about nutrition and mental health and right. how's your depression and whatever. And then one day they're at a point where they're fully thriving and they're ready to buy a condo and they come to me or refer me. And mm-hmm. I love that. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I think something that, um, you know, one of the things we really um, 
identified with um, Dylan's business when we were kind of doing a, a bit of a, an analysis of it was that, yeah, being a, like being a member of a community mm-hmm. and being an active member of that community in a variety of different methods. So like she was talking about dog walking, um, yoga, being a really great friend mm-hmm. as well, being someone that you could count on, being a responsible person that is, a, you know, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, within our office and, you know, just knowing you that you're, you're a bit of a role model to a lot, you know, to, to some people, um, you know, by how you carry yourself, you know, um, in business as, a, as an independent, uh, strong business person and somebody that is, um, you know, intelligent, but at the same time, very sensitive and really wants the best for their clients. And I feel like, you know, through and through that's every time interacted with anyone that's interacted with you, one of your clients come through my open house. It's always the same thing. Dylan's the best. We're using her. She's so fantastic. She's on top of everything. So, um, I think that th- that's good. And, you know, we have a lot of people that, um, you know, structure a business really, you know, like for example, my business is extraordinarily structured. It's very structured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very much like, you know, I'm going to do these five, you know, I got to do these five phone calls today. Like it's very much, and it's something on the other side of the coin, which is, um, you know, which is, you know, your, um, you know, kind of your, you know, the, which works as well, you know? Yeah. So it's funny because everything, it's funny. It's something that we, what I've learned in, in working with all, a lot of agents is that everything works if done consistently. Exactly. Well, that's, I think that's the piece of wisdom right there just to right. kind of package it is that your way of doing things can be entirely different than somebody else's, but you can still have the same level of success. Right. And you, but if you, it's that same thing as high school. If we go around trying to be chameleons and if I was copying the way Michael was doing Mm -hmm. his business and trying to morph into that, I would have zero success. Yes, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. it's that... It's that bringing in that yoga piece, that self-reflection where you sit with what, okay, what do you love to do? And if it is, I love talking to people, Right. do more of that, your business will grow. Or if it's like, I love websites, do more of that and your business will grow. Right. Don't just because, okay, you know, Bob Smith over here is sending all these mail outs and making a million dollars a year, but you hate doing mail outs. Don't do that. Like, I would have no success with mail at yeah. all. I know I wouldn't because I would be really sad about all the paper. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, so it's, that, yeah. yeah, so it's like, it works. That, that is it. It's like being authentic with yourself. And it does take self-work, which in this business, I've grown so much mm-hmm. just on my own. And I'm so grateful for that meeting with you <laughs> six years ago yeah. when you had so much faith in me. And you told me you can hit this 100,000 mark when I was like 24 or whatever Mm -hmm. and you showed me this goal setting thing and I was like oh god damn (laughs) and I remember calling you in like June of that year and I was like I did it (laughs) what's going on yeah and you know I just I wouldn't be where I am today without that I'm like so eternally grateful you know Mm -hmm. Dylan I I think from our perspective and I've told you know I hope I hope you don't I know you don't mind me sharing this I've told your story to um dozens if not a hundred young women as an inspirational story of somebody that you know had every excuse in the book you have every excuse to fail 
to fuck up, to make like, you know, to, to, to really not take responsibility for yourself and your clients. But every single time you, you rise to the occasion and you, and you, and you challenge yourself to do some amazing things. And, you know, one of the goals that we had right out of the gate was, you know, having real estate for yourself. I remember the day you bought your place. It was one of the happiest days of my year that year <laughs> when you ran into the office, like, Michael, I did it. Like, <laughs> I bought the condo. And, yeah. like, and it was so, like, you know, it was just for me, it was, it, those are the things that really drive me, uh, you know, to, to really continue to, 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 um, to, you know, to work. So, you know, and, and I'm sure that you have the same stories of your clients, like doing those things for oh, you, right? Like, yeah. I know. Could you want to share You're a client story? Yeah. Uh, oh, a client story? Like what kind? I have a lot of client yeah. stories of them growing and doing yeah. things and every single one of them. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like they all tell me, they all tell me their, um, they all tell me their stories. They all become my, my friends. friends yeah. And, oh, like I can, I'm just trying to think of one that would be like, super like really inspirational yeah (laughs) that's okay you don't have to on the spot but you know so i can give you a little bit of background on dylan because she doesn't she never brags about herself but (laughs) she's one of our top performing realtors in our office she has over the past six years um won many awards uh within the office and has grown so much as a as an independent business person and she also has a great affiliation as well um with uh, vancouver condo team right so the, the the gang so how is it you know you do a lot of work independently but you also do some work on the team right yeah yeah, yeah and i'm kind of more uh, yeah the team and they're just the best like right. we uh kind of like powwow together about things but again I'm that little independent person. Who, yeah. They're like, where's Dylan? She's not in the <laughs> office. I'm out walking. I'm always just running around, walking around right. with my clients and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I've, I'm, uh, I'm definitely a pretty independent person. Yeah. But it's always good to have your like core sounding group. Yeah. Right? You just need to bounce ideas. You need to have that support. And they're such a good troop of people. So right. it's, um, it's nice to have that. And Amar actually on the team, he and I came from the same place. We were both at McDonald Realty. Right. So he moved over to, I think it was still Opus or it might have been yeah, Opus. It was, yeah, it was Opus still. Yeah, and he, he moved over to to there, um, I think shortly after I did. Yeah. So it is, it's a pretty cool, I think it's always important with, that's one thing about Oakland that I really love is in this industry, you find there's a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're, who you surround yourself with is so incredibly important. And to surround yourself with somebody who's collaborative and encourages you to grow, which you can easily find here, I find, you know. Yeah. And same with, you know, the people on Vancouver condo team. There's never that sense of competition. Yeah. It's always that just collaboration. Everyone's like rooting for each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, I always, that, that was something that didn't, you know, coming from that background of, you know, my childhood getting compared, like, you know, getting compared against each other, getting stacked up against each other, you know bully culture type of thing I, I really I, I really don't it it makes me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I I just love to see people just do amazing things with their life and, and change themselves and their family and yeah. do some amazing things so love to learn a little bit about kind of the future for Dylan I know that you're going to be doing a podcast is that yeah. right <laughs> so, do you have yeah. a name for the podcast yet I'm I will plug for Dylan's know. podcast right now. yeah um I'm working on the name. Okay. I have a name, but I don't want right. to say it because it might 
That's okay. Have you taken already? No, that's okay. I'm really bad at techie things. Right. That's my pitfall. I'm like, I don't know. Speaking to the right? Flintstone himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just don't even know. So that's my only, like, stopping... That's the only thing stopping me with the podcast. But I do... I've always wanted to have kind of a creative outlet on the side. Um, I do find that in real estate, sometimes I just wanted to be, like, giving back in some mm-hmm. way. So that's why I went and started volunteering. Yeah. I've done that for years. Uh, you're still with Big Sis? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's called Plea. It's like the same okay. thing as Big Sister yeah. where you work Plea. as a... Yeah. Right. And she was 12 when I started working with her. And yeah. she's seventh. She just turned oh 17 last week. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're an adult. <laughs> she's getting tattoos now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then, and then I volunteered my yoga studio. But... I now I'm like on that creative outlet side. I've wanted yeah. to write a book for so long. Yeah. But I need to take a sabbatical to do that. Like I really do. Yeah. It's so it's hard to do to bounce back and forth between working during the right. day and writing and really focusing yeah, on that. Yeah, it's the left brain versus right brain, right? Yeah. So you're, you know, obviously the creative side versus the kind of organizational administrative side. Um, I love doing creative things in my spare time. Like, you know, do What pod- do you do? Well, podcasts, I love, of course. Yeah, podcasts, and I love writing. Um, cool. So I just started, like, so I took a writing class at Langara. So nice. you know those, uh, you know those continuing education yeah, courses? Yeah, I always look in those. I'm like, what yeah. are you taking <laughs> I am a regular, I take those all the time. Really? Yeah, what I've have taken, you taken? I've taken creative writing. Okay. I've taken stand-up comedy. I've taken uh, improvisational comedy. I've taken... That's cool. Yeah, I've taken... Oh, geez. I've taken a lot of different oh classes. Comedy adult. night at Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I did... I had... I, I did a stand-up set at uh, Yuck Yucks, like, maybe a year and a half or two ago. I only invited, like, Morgan. And you know, <laughs> people, like, Mike, you know. And so... It was... Uh, yeah. So, I think it's always good to challenge yourself in that way. Especially, uh, yeah. you know, to exercise that other side of the brain. Um, and... You know, I've been doing a lot of journaling lately. Good. Yeah. I think journaling's the best. Yeah. I journal constantly. That's what kind of got me into wanting to write a book is I was like, I started to look at my journals from 10, 15 years wow, ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to write books. I yeah. need to. So do you just journal like personal before bed? Yeah. Just before bed um, to, you know, just write. Dear and, diary. Yeah. Dear diary. <laughs> and it's funny because it actually came from. There's this 80s show called Mr. Belvedere. Okay. <laughs> this is way before Dylan. Well, I also had no yeah. television. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't so know. yeah, and he at the end of every episode, he would reflect on his life and blah blah blah. As a, and he was actually a butler. So you know, I I do a journal every night before I go to bed, and and you know, it's funny because. Um, yeah, it's just it's just like something I look forward to doing and just getting it out of my mind and into a piece of paper. It's it's really, it's very I nice. I love knowing people's night routines. What's your morning routine? I have I'm to like ask. fanatical. What's your what's yours? Oh, yours is just I'm picturing you waking up like ah, <laughs> what am I gonna do? I have I have a very 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 nerdy morning routine okay. right now. Let's hear it. It's morning some, routine. Dylan McCanch's morning. Well, I, it's, well, it's not, it's not nerdy. Okay. It's just, it's just very holistic. Sure. So I wake up and my phone's on airplane mode now every night um, at around 9.30. Right. And it stays on airplane mode. I wake up now seven. Right. And I drink celery juice. Mm, celery juice. On an empty stomach or lemon water on an empty stomach. Yep. And I journal a gratitude list of a bunch, everything that I'm grateful for. And then I write down affirmations. So my gratitude list oh, might wow. be like, oh, I'm so grateful that Nick took the garbage out. Or like yeah. it could be as simple as that. Right. 
And I sit there in my bed and I do that um, with my little salt lamp on because it nice. it's the relaxing, salt obviously. Pink. The in yeah. red infrared Beautiful. light. Yeah, that's yeah, good. While I I'm like too. spooning with my dog. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then I write like my affirmations and it could be whatever I'm, it's usually whatever I'm wanting to sort of manifest within myself. Hmm. So it might be like, I'm courageous or I'm strong, whatever it could be. Um, or things I love about myself or want to love and I just right. kind of that shifting of your mindset so if in that moment I'm not feeling all that confident then I'll write the things I'm not feeling confident mm. about as if I was Yeah. and then I always sign it and go XO <laughs> ever since I was like 14 it's just like yeah. part of my I'm like why did I do this XO thing and then um, and then I yeah and then I have my breakfast but I, I try to wait before uh, turning my phone off of airplane mode and I have this podcast, or no, it's a Spotify song list, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like Abraham Hicks, and it's okay. all these like, positive affirmations. Ah, uh, yeah, I know Abraham Hicks, yeah. yeah. And I just put it on like shuffle. Sometimes I'll put on positive affirmations to listen to or yoga meditation music while eating my overnight oats in the morning. Oh, nice. And I try to wait until, so I wait like 20 minutes, half an hour of my journaling and stuff and have my breakfast. But I try to wait before really getting geared up with all my yeah. emails. But after that, like right after breakfast, that's when I'm like, okay, go Because my brain in the morning is, that's when like all my emails, everything, I'm most efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Morning times. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love mornings. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a big morning person. Yeah. I love, you know, I love getting up early before the crack of dawn. So um, it's pretty regimented. I wrote down, so it's very different, but maybe, maybe the same, maybe different from Dylan, but like I wrote down a list and I broke down specific times for doing everything. So oh. I wake up every morning at four thirty, okay, uh, in the morning. Yeah, and um, I I am the same. I never I try to stay away from the phone, you know, after nine o'clock or yeah. nine nine. Normally I start shut off at nine o'clock unless I'm serving a client. Well, what time do you go to bed if you get up at four thirty? Uh, I go to bed at nine thirty ten. Okay. So yeah, so yeah. I ten sometimes eleven. You know, it depends. Jesus. Yeah, so <laughs> I wake up at 4.30. I always have the phone. Actually, my phone is my alarm, and I set it across the room, so I have to wake up and I stand up. So, you know, first 10 minutes is obviously brush teeth and, uh, you know, put my... I always put my, I put my gym clothes on. Yeah. And then I go downstairs and make my coffee, and I make... And I pre-got me on this thing drinking warm water with like some salt in it yeah 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 so i warm water yeah it's warm, way yeah. less of a shock to your system I'm yeah big into that so warm water with a squeeze of lemon and then like some salt in it and i yeah. chug that down and i drink my uh coffee and as i drink my coffee i read so i read for 15 minutes nice um, and then i um after i finish reading for 15 minutes i'll sit uh in my comfy chair (laughs) that I have right off my kitchen and I'll uh you know meditate yeah you know so I I, no phone no music it's I call like just a moment of silence so I do that for about 10 or 15 minutes yeah um to just you know clear my mind and um no I try not to think of anything so I just try to think about my breathing and yeah kind of like uh you know in, in yoga they do the um like breathing techniques, I don't. Yeah, know. you, you, yeah, you yeah. know. You can just watch your breathing. Yeah, yeah you can watch. Feel your... it in your nostrils. I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but if you just feel it coming in and out of your nostrils, 
I just, I like to watch my thoughts and then try to let them go and come back to my breath. I mean, that's all meditation yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah, so not judge them. I used to do, exactly, not judge them. I used to do that Headspace app thing, but I, yeah. I found find being, having my phone even in proximity to Same. me was very distracting. It's so distracting. So I don't want music, I want silence, and basically it's just silence. And, you know, if something comes into my mind, for example, like, you know, I have a friend that's going through some health things, and, you know, if he comes to my mind, I'll just be like, I hope send make, love yeah, yeah send love like or yeah. I hope he it gets healed or you know whatever it is and if something enters it's just it's okay and so spend that time to do that and then I go back to my journal and then I write my to-do list for the day um, cool. where I always reflect on my goals and I do that for about 15 minutes or so and then that rolls me to about 5.45 which then I go to the gym you know so I go get some workout either the gym or I go up to my I have a gym in my house, so nice. like not really a gym. It's like a kettlebell with a rower. Oh, so, I, <laughs> so I either like do that. You're doing it. Yeah, yeah. move around a little bit. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then all yeah. meanwhile, I am still spooning Jack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm still got my little dog yeah, all snuggled it's, in. Yeah, it's it's so funny because it's just like what works for people, right? Like Absolutely. I have mine. Like my. It's so funny, and I feel like you should just embrace by being more of yourself. Like mine is broken down every minute. Pretty, pretty much my morning yeah. is so predictable that's very you I feel. it's very me like yeah. it's broken down every minute I have a night routine too it's broken down by the minute yeah and like everything is just like and I love life like that what yeah. happens if you if that breaks that's how it breaks one day you know if it breaks I don't you know, what happens on vacation what's vacation Michael like vacation Michael is like always horizontal like I don't yes. like yeah I don't like I don't like big itineraries I like I love art oh, cool. and I don't I love looking at art like so either like sculptures or architecture or paintings and I like to uh, come up with my own ideas so I'm like so there'd be like we, we went to the Louvre last year and there's this painting of this family I'm like oh this family looks like they're in distress and we sat in front of this painting for like 30 or 45 minutes just discussing I'm cool. like okay this they're, they're, this I, I don't like, they just create a story around it yeah I love yeah. doing that that's and cool so we love doing stuff like that and yeah just like trying to do random stuff so spontaneous stuff so this is something that I did and I think I might have shared I don't think I shared it on the pod actually last vacation I took we went away for two weeks I did a full technology break so nice. it was just like no like you know like no besides like you know maybe five minutes a day for anything emergencies I didn't want to make sure that like you know nothing fell yeah, off the cliff of course, yeah. uh, but besides that it was just human how did that time. feel you know what it's probably a little bit hard at first I would assume you know it wasn't at all yeah, yeah. Because I wondered because I feel like with you I don't know I feel like it would where I, and I wasn't sure it would be easy or hard. You know, For me, I sometimes just want to throw my phone in the ocean and be like, yeah. I'm a hippie now. This is life. <laughs> right. You know, it was, it was, I think, because when I, I do something, I want to, like, it's weird. When I do something, I want to do it well. And oh even when God, I vacation, I want to do it well. You know, when I vacation, I want to do vacation well. I'm going to do this relaxation well. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to lay here really Exactly. Good. For exactly 57 yeah. minutes. <laughs> sure. I'm like, One three minute pee break. That's you know, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I'm like, you know, I'm with my girlfriend. I want to be like with my girlfriend, listening to the stories intently, having a great conversation. Yeah. I don't want to be thinking about anything else, right? Yeah. So. Um, so that I want a vacation well too so that, that that was an aspect of it and like I didn't realize how and I think I may have I don't think I I, I didn't realize how 
distracted I was all the time because yeah. of my tech, because of the technology. Yeah. And, you know that we're like always connected. Like, connected. Yeah. And Sometimes so, you don't realize it, and you're like, oh. And you lose a lot of humanity. Yeah. You lose a lot of your humanity. Um. You know, and like what you had with your yoga, you had to confront your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. You had to confront your past. You had to confront your anxiety. You had to mm-hmm. confront your monsters, your demons, your suffering. Yeah. And, and you had to try to overcome those. But if you have something to distract you, those will exist. Yeah. And in the background. In the background. Yeah. And they cause general unhappiness. Yeah. And so, you know, what I found is that, um, you know, so trying to, I'm trying to think of technology as purely a tool and not a cure for loneliness or like which I was using it as yeah. a cure for loneliness a cure for um, negative thoughts a uh, like a conduit for a community when it's not really a community like genuinely because we couldn't have had this conversation over the phone or through a text message like, no we could only have this I'm glad you do this in person because there's yeah. a lot of people who do podcasts over the phone yeah and I just feel like it, it changes things um, there, yeah, I, I, I would love to find an invention or something that would stun people from constantly looking at their phones. I just think it's affected people so much. I mean, yeah. I know it has. Mm-hmm. Again, on another podcast that I was listening to uh, recently, they were talking about stats for young people. I think it was young women specifically. The suicide rates have gone up like 800% amongst young women yeah, in like 14, 15 years old because of social media. Yeah. They're literally linking it to that where people are comparing their lives to people on social media. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, re- just so, it's very toxic. And you know, know what? Like your, your body knows it's bad for your you. Your body knows. You know, it's sure. weird because like, you know, when I used to see people smoking, no one had to tell me smoking was bad for you. Yeah. I just know that's bad for you. You just know. And like when I'm seeing a zombie, like like a sidewalk, people like staring down at their phone. Yeah. I'm like, that's bad for you, dude. That's so bad for that's you. That's bad for you. And like... It's so bad. Have yeah. you seen that? There was like a... I don't know what it was posted on, but it was shared a lot on, online. And this was a good thing to share. And it was all these black and white photos, professional photos this guy had taken and he had just removed the phones, like, I guess, photoshopped the phones right. out. And there's, like, moms with their babies and stuff, and they're just staring at the phone. Moms with their baby crying, or, like, people together in their bed, a couple before bed, and they're just both on their phones. Where did that... Like, it just happened so quickly. Because yeah. you and I came from a time where cell phones started in our lifetime. You know, it became... A thing. I didn't get a cell phone until I moved out because mm-hmm. I had to have some sort of communication. Right. Um, I think I'll be yeah. that. You know, after the whole business thing is over. Yeah. After all the business stuff is done. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's going to be done. I don't know if I'll ever retire, but I know I'll be the flip phone guy. Yeah. I'll be like the flip phone dude. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, you want a hold of me? Call me. Yeah, I'll and... have a landline. <laughs> yeah, I'll exactly. Have a landline. Because I think you know it's. You get to really um, wrestle with your own ideas as well. Like, not your own ideas, because I don't think any idea is original. But you get to wrestle with, like, your, your uh, like, you know, the things that are springing into your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, having that interference, I think, um, you know, causes delay in, like, potential growth. So, weirdly enough, I feel like I was so addicted to my phone that... Um, I think it's weird to, but I think I could have done a lot better in business. 
Without it? With, with like, me not having this, like, compulsion. And yeah. so I'm, like, I feel like I'm, like, onto this new horizon now. Ooh. Like, going, I'm, like, I'm hoping that, you know, by me being moderate with my screen time. Yes. It will open up my mind to be able to tackle some things that I might have been not paying attention to because I was so distracted. Yeah. And so, and I found that, like, you know... Yeah, I just even in the past few weeks of just of of being a bit more regimented with it, I've already found myself paying more attention to things and, and wrestling and tackling some um, like big ideas. Yeah, um, we're on the same page right now. I'm doing the same thing. I'm yeah. setting more boundaries with my phone, disconnecting more, and then I'm like, wait, I have so much more space in my brain. For good things. Yeah, like doing your pod. And doing the podcast, yeah. getting that creative and outlet. Um, you know, so many different things where sometimes you just, if you wake up and stare at Instagram and you're filling your mind with all this toxic stuff, you sometimes don't even realize that looking at happy photos of all your friends on vacation makes you feel crappier. You know, yeah, you don't exactly. realize like, you are happy for them. Yeah. But then in turn, you're like, well, my life kind of sucks. Yeah, especially, you know, as you were saying, this huge rate spike in suicide oh, because, yeah. you know, at, the, at that age, your mind is just so malleable, right? Yeah. And we talked about that and how impressionable you were at that age. And if we had this access, where would you be? I don't know. Like, where would I be? I don't know. Yeah, like, it's scary. You know, it could have been, it could have been um, disastrous. And yeah. so I think... Um, on that funny note, <laughs> you know, uh, on that, on the, best, on the best note possible, on the disaster of the of technology this ruining humanity. Awareness, yeah. right? um, you know, I'm really excited to obviously, uh, you know, listen to Dylan's new podcast when it does come out. So please pay attention to it when when it does launch, Dill. I would love to be able to, you know, announce it on mine so that my listeners, all yeah. of them, ten of them, you'll be on it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. to be on your pod yeah. when it comes available. Yes. Um, yeah. So you know, please watch out for that for with Dylan McCanch, and she is obviously with Open Realty. Um, Dylan, what's the best way people can get a hold of you? Um, well, on the note of the social media, <laughs> if you do connect with me on there, I guess we'll link to that or whatever. Sure. Um, I will eventually get back to you yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> when my phone's yeah. not on airplane. <laughs> when That's she's probably on, the yeah. best way. Yeah. yeah. After the affirmation, she's going to get a hold exactly. of you. So Dylan, thank you so much for being a part of the pod. And I really appreciate your openness and vulnerability in our time. But thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, do us a favor on the pod. Um, you know, like, rate, and subscribe if you have a chance and refer it to a friend because that makes all the difference. And until next time, thank you, Dill. Perfect. Thank okay, you. Okay. Take care. That was good.